Well, what an opening month it's been to the 2019-20 season. A cup win, a cup loss, six league games, three wins, one draw, two defeats and ten points on the board. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team and I'm joined by club ambassador Andy Sinton. As we head into the international break, we're going to be reflecting on the start the Rangers have made and the impact that Mark Warburton has already had. We also catch up with the man wearing the armband, Grant Hall. It's all right here on the Loftcast. Well, since thanks for joining us. It's certainly been a, a very interesting opening month to the season. Um, and just briefly looking back on, on the start that we've made, 10 points on the board in the league. We had the cup success against Bristol City, winning on penalties before getting knocked out, knocked out against Portsmouth at, at home. Overall, what's your verdict on the, the opening month of the season? Uh, really pleased, actually. Really pleased with... Um the points tally we got, really pleased with where we sit in the league, albeit it's, it's early days. But probably more importantly, really pleased with the manner that we're playing, the performances. Um, you know, the identity, I, I, I can see the way Mark wants us to play, and that's been evident in all the six, seven, eight games that we've played. So, still work to do, but um, yeah, really, really pleasing. Are you surprised by how quickly he's managed to implement a very clear style of play, a very clear philosophy. I think everybody knew that he would look to do that when he came in because that's what he's done historically, uh, be it at Brentford, Glasgow, Rangers, Nottingham Forest. He has a very clear way that he believes the game should be played. So I think everyone expected that to be brought in. But considering the turnover of players, are you surprised by how quickly he's been able to implement that? I wouldn't say surprised because that's credit to Mark. You know, I, I know the way he has worked. I see the way he does work. You know, he's so organised. Uh, one of the first in the building, if not the first in the building. Plans everything, you know, and knows exactly what he wants, knows how to get it. So in that sense, no, I'm not surprised. To bring 14, 15 new players in and to bed them into the new idea so quickly. Yes, a little bit, you know, because that takes some doing. And credit to the players for that, but, you know, credit to Mark and his staff for being able to to work on the training ground, to take that into the games. And um, as I said to you before, I still think there's more to come. He's your sort of manager, isn't he? In terms of, like you've just said, he, he's very organised. I think the players know exactly what they've got coming up, not only for the next week, but pretty much the next month. He works on a month-by-month -month plan, so there is very clear structure. Players know exactly when they'll be in, when they'll be off. Is that your sort of manager? I like that. I like that in my career. I like that even to this day, you know, to, you know, to, to be organised, know what I'm doing, where I'm going to be. Uh, but in going back to the football, as a player, I think there's nothing worse when you, you're entering the field of play and you're a little bit unsure of your role, unsure of the way the team is made up. Um, and what we're seeing with Mark is very organised. I love his positivity as well. You know, um, that came across when he uh, when he got the job and he, he, he sort of first interviews came in with his eyes fully open, but he knew what he had to do, you know, and it was a big clear out. Obviously that was discussed as and when he got the job. Uh, straight away there's people coming through the door. So he's already done his planning. He's had a look during pre-season of what he still thinks he needs and wants and has gone and got that. And I'm sure that will evolve. So, um, as I say, what we sit in, end of August, early days yet, but high praise. And also, he's, like you said, he's come in with his eyes wide open, but also he's given everybody the opportunity. Like He's openly spoken about the, how impressed he's been by Ryan Manning at left-back, and it's going to be a real challenge for Lee Wallace, who's working his way back 
or up to fitness now. Um, recently played 45 minutes for the under-23s against Brentford B. So he, he's getting closer and closer. But Mark has openly said Lee Wallace is going to have a real challenge because Ryan Manning has has taken his opportunity. And that's what you want, not just with Ryan and his position, but you want that right through the side. And if you look at the squad, the depth of the squad, I think, is good. You look at the competition for places, which as a manager you want, as a player you want that as well. I used to find that as a player, if I've got someone breathing down my neck, performing well in training, you know, keeps me on my toes. You don't want to get complacent. So uh, I think he's assembled a good squad and credit to, credit to Mark, but also credit the people behind the scenes, you know, Leslie, the owners. Um, so it's been a many senses, uh, quite a strange summer really, you know, with the comings and goings, but credit to them all for the way they've pulled it together. Team spirit's fantastic great environment to work in which he's created and I, I think we're seeing that on the pitch and I'll say it for the second and third time already I still believe and think there's more to come from the squad. Why do you think that? Just the initial signs you know we give spoke spoke about 14-15 players coming in gelling quite quickly that's hard that's a skill in itself and the more those players can work on the training ground together as a group with Mark and his coaches I can see any improvements further ahead. And he's even though the, the style of play and the philosophy is the same, he does tweak his approach in terms of the formation we've seen him use, predominantly either 4-2-3-1 or, or 3-5-2, it seems. And they're, they're two different styles, but they both seem to be very effective, particularly more recently, obviously going with the 3-5-2. Well, the formation, I'm a great believer, you know, sometimes formations are what they are. Players make formations. Um... But we've seen within games, uh, at half-time in games, and chopped from, certainly if you, just, if you just look at the back unit, you know, the Wigan game was a prime example. I don't think we played particularly great um, against Wigan in the first half, probably our poorest half of, of uh, performance of the season. But Mark saw something, recognised something, and made a change instantly at half-time to affect the game in a positive way. We come out, Naki gets us back on level terms against Wigan and we play some great stuff and go on to win that game. So that's where managers deserve a lot of credit because you know, once you pick your team, once you send a team out and you're barking some instructions, but you're pretty much powerless to influence the game of what's happening. You've got that 10 minute, 12 minute window at half time to get some points across to change one or two things. He did against Wigan. It worked. He's gone up to Sheffield with that type of formation. That's worked. But um, I think any good manager, any good coach has got that ability to see in the game what needs to be done, have that flexibility and not be frightened to change things. We'll talk specifically about Sheffield Wednesday in a moment, but again, from the, from the opening month, who are your standout performers for QPR? Standout performers, I would say. Uh... A little bit biased because I always look at the attacking players, you know, I think uh, you, you've got to be impressed by the impact of Jordan Hugo. You know, uh, I think Hassan said when we signed him, I saw him against us when he was up at Preston and was really impressed, you know, uh, I described them as a, and this was a compliment by the way, as an old-fashioned type centre-forward, you know, good with his back-to-goal physical presence, but the important thing for a number nine, he scores goals. Um, so what's he got? Five and six, um, he's all-round play has been really really good so so there's one that catches the eye um, you look at the the creative players you look at a Barry Eze, I think he's um, picked up where he finished last season and I say where he finished because I thought the last game of last season at Sheffield Wednesday was outstanding 
bit like the team from Christmas onwards last year, lost his way a little bit, but the kids got talent and we're seeing that. Um, Ilias Che, delighted with Ilias, um, you know, being given his, given his chance by Mark, had a very successful spell at Stevenage where he did well. That's obviously done him the power of good, comes, comes back, he's full of confidence, looks quicker, looks sharper. So he's been a, a, a real plus for me, but I've just singled those sort of three out. You know, you can go right through the team, you know, um, Grant Hall, we're going to speak to in a in a while, you know, Skipper on the side after the problems he had, he's been a, he's been a real positive. Ryan Manning filling in at the left back or left wing back, you know, he's been a positive. You know, um, I could go on and on and on, but what I'm trying to say is the squad so far, and it is a squad game, is I think doing well. Well, let's look back more specifically then on the the last game for QPR, uh, a two-one win against Sheffield Wednesday, and it was a, a very convincing two-one win as well, you'd have to say. What pleased you most about the, the overall performance? Apart from three points. <laughs> <laughs> three point, tough place to go. You know, aside, if you look at their squad, packed with quality. I had a look at them towards the end of the season when they were going really well with Steve Bruce. Um, I thought they'd be up there challenging this year. Uh, obviously, Steve Bruce has left there, but still got the majority of the same players. I think they'll be up around about that top six. What pleased me the most was the, you've just said it, the overall performance, you know, um, conceded a, what I felt, and I stand by it, a soft penalty. Um, nothing in the game until that, and certainly after the game. But to bounce back from that little bit of, well, that setback, to come out in the second half to play the way we did at somewhere like Sheffield Wednesday against the quality they've got, and I thought we were excellent. And it, it must be easy when you're, when you're on the pitch to almost go away from your philosophy and your style of play and to go more direct when, when the game's going against you, like at Hillsborough when we're 1-0 down. But it seems that the players, the, everyone has such belief in the approach. We seem, going a long way around saying this, but we seem to be very calm even during those periods when the game is, might be going against us. Like actually, the game wasn't going against us so much as one one decision went against us. It was there wasn't much in it in the first half, but th there's no there doesn't seem to be any panic from the QPR players, and that's credit to the manager and his staff, you know, for instilling that uh, confidence both individually, collectively. It's uh, it's a sign that within the group they believe in each other. They believe they can take anybody on. Um, there was a stage after the penalty where. I think I might have said unconscious just for about 10 minutes. I thought we just got a little bit carried away, well, frustrated with a decision and a couple of decisions going against us. You know, the crowd were appealing for everyone. And I think I said, if we can just get back to playing, because actually until they scored, I thought we were the better side. Um, but, you know, um, we get in a half time, Mark dusts them down, sends them out in the second half. I thought we told, as well as winning the second half and winning the game, I thought we totally controlled the second half at a, at a, at a tough place to play. And the two goals from Jordan Hugel as well. He deserves all the credit for, for the two finishes, but in terms of the, the overall, the, the team goals, they were both excellent goals, and it's difficult to, to pick your favourite. I've seen people say, I like that one, but now I've seen it again, I actually prefer the other one. And Naki Wells was uh, instrumental in the first. What a pass, and I think on, on the commentary, <laughs> we could hear you uh, purring about it. Well, you know, Naki's been partnered with Jordan the other day, and for me, the game is about partnerships. You've heard me talk about it time and time again, all over the pitch. Now, for your two strikers to combine in the way they did, um, 
certainly for that goal was uh, was exceptional. You know, Naki drops a little bit deeper, comes in on his left foot. One, he see he has the vision to see the run of Jordan. Two, he's got to execute the pass with almost perfection, which is what he did. Take nothing away from Jordan. His first touch is excellent, you know, because if that gets away from him, the keeper gets it. His second touch takes it around the advancing goalkeeper, and his third touch is in the back of the net. So um, a brilliantly well-worked goal. Again, those people that listen to me on commentary, I was asked uh, by Nick, you know, what do we need to do? I just said, find that bit of quality in the final third. Well, there it was. It gets us back on level pegging. And a few minutes later, we're 2-1 ahead. And 2-1 ahead, and it was a move that, and not for the first time this season, it started with Joe Lumley. Yeah, we work it through the through the pitch, you know, which is what we speak about, that word identity, the way the manager wants you to play, the, the courage to play that way, the ability to play that way. And we work it, you know, there's a... There's a suspicion of offside. Jordan's in an offside position, but he's coming back. You know, that rule slightly infuriates me, but it goes in our favour this time. But take nothing away. The ball through Ryan Manning, who got forward, I thought, brilliantly the other day. Doesn't take a touch. He sees him. He gets it into the area first time. Hugo Jordan's going to be there. One touch cross, one touch finish. Really well worked goal. And as a wide man, it must be great as well when you're playing with strikers who know where the back of the net is. You played with uh, one or two excellent <laughs> players in, in, uh, in your time. And like you say, Ryan Manning just put it into an area knowing that Jordan Hugo was just going to gobble that up and make it five and six. Yeah, as I say, we mentioned Ryan, you know, he's been outstanding. He gets forward really well. He crosses great balls, but he gets into that area and he, you know, he gets his head up. He's got time. That's one where you, you are looking to pick someone out. Sometimes on wide areas, you, you're just looking to hit an area, knowing that your strikers and someone like a Jordan Hugel and Naki Wells will be in the right sort of areas looking to get on the end of it. So no credit to, credit to the team. And as I say, from 2-1, you're expecting an onslaught from Sheffield. It possibly was going to come, but I think we nullified it completely. Our game management was brilliant. I think from 2-1, we totally were in control of the game. Yeah, there was a couple of things that went in the box, but I don't seem to remember Joe being troubled at all. And when we needed Joe, he comes and collects a couple of crosses to relieve the pressure. So an outstanding, well, it's an outstanding win, an outstanding team performance. Yeah, like you say, they, they didn't come at us. And I think it's more surely credit to QPR that they didn't because we seem to control the game by having the ball in their half of the pitch as well. And at 2-1, it did look like, although you wouldn't say it at the time, but it did look like if anyone's going to score here, it's going to be QPR getting a third. And we, we had the opportunities to do so. As you quite rightly said, you know, from 2-1, I thought we controlled the game. And with the likes of Eberieze, Elias Cheer, Naki Wells and Jordan in your side, I think those four, I'm not privy to what instructions they get, but it's, it's evident to me that those four were going to win us the game. Supplemented by your, your wing play from Ryan and Angel on the other side. Dominic Ball, you know, unsung hero, uh, unsung performance. I thought he was excellent against Wigan, where he just sits in there and allows your flair players to go and play. Uh, he's got that discipline, you know, just mopping things up, playing with between the centre half. So he deserves a lot of credit as well. But uh, no, really good, excellent win, fully deserved. How much would you like to play in this sort of team in terms of the style of play, the, the way they approach games? Well, I might not get in it actually. <laughs> um, no, I would love to play in it. Why would I love to play in it? Because I think as um, looking at the team, they work incredibly hard with and without the ball. Uh, to, to play the type of game Mark wants to play and is evident he is playing here, you need to 
to work probably harder than if you go route one uh, or back to front if you like you know you've got to be constantly making angles it's sometimes harder to play little little triangles little angles you're probably making three or four movements before you get on the ball or you make movements to create space for somebody else so I would I would like to play in this side why because I think you're given a little bit of freedom to go and express yourself certainly for someone like me you're given freedom to go and influence the game on the ball but within that it's demanded from you, and quite rightly so, that you work your socks off. I picked up a thing about Young Abere the other day. We see him going forward, we see him drift past people, we see him getting shots, we see him where he glides across. I've seen him three or four times in a fullback position on Saturday, getting back, challenging, picking things up to start an attack off, and sometimes that goes unnoticed, And uh, but that's what's been installed by Mark and his staff, and long may that continue, because from that, you get a trust of each other, you get a confidence with each other, and that'll get your results. An issue that Mark Warburton and the players, I'm sure, be working hard to, to resolve will be the, the clean sheet aspect. Eight games in, we haven't had a clean sheet as yet. Although I have to say, against Sheffield Wednesday, we were very unfortunate in that respect because Joe Lumley didn't have anything to do, really, over the course of the 90 minutes, but uh, a questionable penalty... Um, resulted in Chef Wednesday scoring. I think they only had uh, two efforts on target, including the, the penalty. So it, it seemed Joe Lumley's goal was very well guarded on Saturday. As a player, would that be a slight concern that we haven't had a clean sheet as yet? Or do you, you look at it and, and say, well, we are actually protecting Joe and the goal very well? It wouldn't be a concern, but although as a player, certainly as a management and a, a coaching set, we always strive for perfection. So in most of the games, we've protected Joe really, really well. But if you look at, I think we've made a stupid mistake in most of the games. You know, you look at the, the Huddersfield game, we got caught square and give a penalty away. We look at the Bristol City where we're well in the game and we, first of all, Bristol City score with a first shot. But I'm talking about the second goal when we've got to throw in and make a hash of it. You're picking the get ball out your net, game over. At 1-1 against Swansea, there's only one team going to win it for me, and that's QPR. But yet we give a penalty away, um, give, a, give a soft penalty away the other day. So you can see where I'm going with this. We're 90-odd percent of our performances defensively as well as attackingly are, are, are good. We've just got to cut out that mistake. You know, you look at Wigan, direct from a, uh, straight from a corner, 90 seconds into the game, you conceded. So if you take the corner... Uh, and the penalties out of it, we're actually defending yeah. relatively well. Just stop the silly mistakes and um, with what we've got on our side, uh, going, going forward in the side, um, we'll win games. What is clear is that the fans, win, lose or draw, are enjoying what they're seeing. Uh, looking on social media after the, particularly more so after the, the defeats to um, Swansea and to Bristol City and the, the reaction, obviously disappointing with the result, but the fans are enjoying what they're, what they're seeing as well. They're coming away entertained. And like Mark Warburton has said, we know it's a, a results-based industry, but we'll never forget it's also an entertainment industry too. 100%. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned fans. I think I'll watch the game as a fan as well. You probably by my reactions <laughs> sometimes. Like but, uh, <laughs> no, um, I think the fans, myself included, can see the positive way we're trying to play, the, the manner in which we're trying to play, the attitude and application of the players, the work rate, the will to get the ball back early so we can see so almost defending high and playing in the opposition half. 
married with the individual quality that we've got. I say, signs are good. Early days yet, don't want to get carried away, but um, I've been really, really pleased. Yeah, encouraging signs. Grant Hall um, certainly been encouraging from him as well. He's played uh, every league game so far this season, all six of them. And we're going to catch up with him now to reflect on the opening month of the season. Well, Hawley, thanks very much for joining us. Just firstly, what's the, the feeling in that dressing room after that, that win against Sheffield Wednesday? Because uh, it was not only a, a welcome three points, it was a fully deserved three points as well. Yeah, 100%. Everyone's very pleased with a win. Obviously, tough place to go, Hillsborough as well. Um, and to go 1-0 down and react and respond in the second half like we did was very, very pleasing. I thought we controlled the game in the second half and it didn't really pose us any problems, to be honest. It was a disappointing way to fall behind and obviously you were the closest man in the stadium yeah. to Forestieri. He, he went down just in front of you, the referee quickly awarded the penalty. Um, what was your take on it? My opinion is very, very soft, very soft, minimal contact and he's just thrown himself to the floor but you know, I'm not going to go into the ref in the game. Um, I think quite a few of the decisions were questionable to be honest so um, I won't go into that but yeah, we obviously disappointed with the decision go against us but I thought we um, reacted to that very well. And for a non-playing person like myself what happens in that situation so a player goes down he, he's won the penalty do you talk to him does he say anything or is it does he just get up and walk one way and you go to speak to the referee? Well yes to be honest I was in complete shock like I couldn't believe he'd given a penalty so I went straight to the referee I didn't you know I wasn't bothered about what Forestieri was doing to be honest I, he just threw himself to the floor um, so I was just I was upset with the referee. A few of us obviously surrounded him, and but at the end of the day, you can't change his decision. So um, it is what it is, and we move on. Luckily, we won the game. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll go into that in a minute. When when that happens, and suddenly you find yourself a, a goal down, then there wasn't really much between the two sides. It was very even first half. Does it take time to get over that disappointment? Because obviously, there's nothing you can do about it, but. I suppose there can be the risk that if you let it affect you, it then affects what happens to come in the game. Yeah, definitely. We could have you know, gone into our shell after going 1-0 down. I think a few times in the past we have done that and we've gone you know, 2-3. and three. So um, it's pleasing to see the fact that we can bounce back in games. And I, f I thought we dominated long periods of the game. I mean, the first half was nip and tuck, really. There wasn't much in the game, uh, but it, we were still creating chances and openings. And then second half was just a completely different game. You know, I thought we controlled and dominated them, to be honest, um, and a tough place to go. We were saying earlier there seems to be a real belief in the philosophy as well because we go a goal behind, but it doesn't seem to impact on how we play. We, we stick to our style, our identity. There's such belief that that will get us back into the game. Yes, I think all the boys are enjoying the way we're playing now. I think even in the games we've lost to Bristol City and Swansea, we were in their games and it's just individual errors that have cost us. But, you know, I think we've played well in them games and our, our performance levels have been pretty consistent throughout the season, which is something in the past that we've struggled with, to be honest, that consistency of performance. And I think if we can continue to do that, then the results will keep coming and be positive. So the new philosophy I think everyone is buying into and everyone's enjoying playing this type of football. I say even the games we've lost, we've enjoyed playing, you know, the way we've played. As a defender, do you... Do you gain confidence by looking at what's in front of you and thinking we can score goals, we've got people in the side who can create, uh, obviously Jordan Hugel who yep. we'll talk about in a minute can, can score goals. Does that as a defender give you confidence even when you go a goal behind? In the past there's been times where we've gone 1-0 down and I don't 
feel like we're going to get back into the game. But now if we go a goal behind, I feel like we're, we're still creating chances, you know, and we will score. So that, that's something that's changed since I've been at the club. Um, and obviously, you know, we want to, I think we need to keep a clean sheet at some point as well, you know, to get our confidence at the back. I think we've made too many individual errors, you know, that have cost us at this level and they will because, you know, you get top quality players at this level and they punish you. So if we can cut that out and get a few clean sheets on board, then we can we can kick on because I'm I'm highly confident in the players we've got up top now, you know, the likes of Abire and Elias as well. They've, they've been brilliant. I think they've matured as players. You know, they've both got out unknown, both done very well. And now they've matured and their performances have been very consistent for us. So, um, and the likes of Naki and obviously Jordan very experienced this league and they will score goals. Just mentioning Jordan, obviously, Show sure, must have come up against them, you know. But he's—I yeah. he's, um, really rated them when he was up at Preston a yep. few seasons ago. Yeah. Um, you know, he's come in. What has he got? Five and six. Five you know, you've you, you've been impressed with his um, contribution so far. Oh, 100%. He's, he's something, someone I wouldn't want to play against myself. You know, on his day, he's unplayable. You know, he's strong. He can hold the ball up. He brings players into play. He can score goals. You know, he's good in the air. He's he's got everything to be honest. Um, and he, he's he's in top form right now. So long may it continue for us. And for you personally, how happy are you with the start you've made? In fact, obviously involved in, in all the league games as well. I suppose that's the, the first target for, for you. But how pleased are you with how you're playing? I've been very pleased with my form, to be honest. I think I've, I've started the season very well. You know, um, I looked at my performances last year and I felt, obviously I come back from a long-term injury. I knew it'd take me a bit of time to, you know, get into a rhythm. But I felt my performances were a little inconsistent, you know. Um, but I've... I've worked hard off season, you know. Um, did uh, two training camps, um, come back, did a full pre-season, which was key. I think for me, I needed that to be fully fit going into season. I've not had an issue, you know, and I've played as you say, played every league game, and I feel great, and I'm, I'm very confident at the moment in my game. So I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm getting near to where I was before the injury. To be honest, um, still obviously, you know, a lot of games to play, but if I can keep up that consistency, then I'm very, um, very pleased. And in the summer when we. When the new manager was brought in, Mark Warburton, someone who likes a ball playing centre back, that must have been it. Must have been a happiness in the whole household. Yeah, listen, uh, the, the way Mark wants to play suits me down to the ground. You know, I've been brought up playing that philosophy of football. You know, so um, I'm very comfortable with the ball at my feet. Um, but at the end of the day, I've I've still got to produce the performances. If I'm not performing to my level, then I won't be in the team. As simple as that. You know, he's shown that he's he's not shy to change the team around and put other players in. So. Um, I've just got to keep performing and, you know, hopefully I'll stand the team. Does that edginess bring the best out in the players? Because like you said, he, he's shown it already that, and he has made the point of saying, I've got two very good options in every single position. And I think he likes you lot to know that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even in training, his standards are so high. If, if, if you drop, he lets you know about it. You know, he, he wants everyone at it every day, 100%. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's a five-a-side or you're going into a game on a Saturday. He wants you to win. So it's... Um, I think all the, the all the boys have bought into it as well, and everyone's hungry, you know, to to keep their place in the team. And obviously, the boys that aren't playing are pushing the boys as well. So it's um, it's good to have to have comp that competition in the team. Like you say, there's there's pretty much two players in every position now. And you mentioned Mark about his intensity, but he's 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 shown he can, his willingness to to be flexible with his formation. Yeah. You know, he's gone from a three to a four to a back to a three. Yeah. Um, any preference for yourself, or how do you find that? I know you've you played it a couple of years ago where you stepped in front but I suppose you're just happy one to be playing but whether it's a three or a four it doesn't really bother you. Yeah for me I'm, I'm comfortable playing you know whatever to be honest. I think a three probably suits me a bit more because I, I can get involved in the play a bit more I can step in you know and I think I can showcase my game a little bit more you know with the ball 
and obviously you've got a bit of solidity behind you obviously with you know the extra two covering so um and I think it's worked for us in the past couple of games. Obviously, against Wigan, we dominated them in the second half. And I think we you know, nullified Sheffield Wednesday's threat, to be honest, with Fletcher up top. And they, they didn't really... I don't think Joe had a save to make, really, in the game, to be honest. Um, so, you know, it's, it's nice that we can adapt to different teams as well. So, going forward, if, if plan A isn't working, we've got a plan B. And you're the captain as well so far this season. Um, how much are you enjoying that? Because when you came to the club four years ago, you were 23 years old and now... 27, and do you feel that you've sort of grown and become a, a more dominant person in that dressing room in that time? Yeah, 100%. I, I say it's my fifth season here now. I think I'm, I'm one of the longest serving players you know, in the team with the likes of Joe Lumley and Ryan Manning. So for me, it's, it's an added responsibility, but one I'm, I'm happy to take. And I've seen you know, a lot of things go on within the club, so I know the club inside out, I know everyone at the club. So I think for me, you know, I'm, I'm happy to take the captaincy. You know, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it so far and hopefully I can continue that through the season. Yeah, I'd, I'd be delighted to have it if that was the case. I mean, no, nothing's been said, obviously, confirming who is officially the captain, but, you know, I'm sure, you know, the gaffer will decide that in not too distant future. And with regards to that, do you, do you feel there is that responsibility of the, of the captain to create that culture in the dressing room about what's acceptable, what standards are sort of set by the players themselves without the need for the manager to impose them as well. Yeah, there is. I think especially with quite quite a lot of young players in the team as well. You know, we I think we've got quite a few good experienced pros in there, the likes of Angel, Jeff, obviously Lee Wallace has come in, you know, players that have played at the highest level, you know, and know know what's expected of the team and you know the standards around the training ground and just certain things like we got fines put in place for certain things you know if you're leaving your cutlery and stuff out at lunch and things like that you know it does make a difference you know because you know even from the top to bottom you know dinner staff and that you know it all, it all makes everyone should get on together and it all makes a difference you know everyone's in this together it's not just the players it's everyone within the club you know so um the, the standards are high that's what the gaffer wants and it's down to us, not just me as a captain, it's down to all of us, you know, to apply that. And since going back to your playing days, how important was that from a player looking to a captain and a culture that's created in, in hoping to play its part in making the team as successful as it can be? <coughs> Excuse me, well as a player you look at your manager and you know what he's like, but you also look at who's leading your team. Uh, you know, I played with some really good guys here at QPR, Ray Wilkins, Alan McDonald, and you took your lead from them, you know, uh, in various ways. There's various ways to captain a team. You can be a, a, a shouter, you can lead by example, you can uh, be quiet, but, you know, Ray Wilkins just had to say one word at you and he cut you in two. I'd just look at you, that was enough. Uh, Les will tell you that. But uh, So, you know, delighted that Grant, I'm sure he feels a great privilege and a responsibility to, to lead the team out, but he's... From what I see from afar, he's leading a group of guys that want to do well, want to get on, want to improve and want to do the best they can for this football club. To be honest, it's been, it's been an easy job for me so far, being a captain, you know, because all the boys have bought into what we're doing. You know, they want to do well, they want to work hard. And I think for me, as a captain, I want to lead by example. You know, it's, if I'm performing on the pitch, then I, I can say to someone else, you know, come on, do your job as well. So it's, it's down to me to perform, you know. So that, that's how I see myself as a captain, you know, leading by example on the pitch and making sure that I perform first and helping others around me, especially the younger boys. You were very open and honest about the challenges you face over the last couple of years coming yeah. through the injury problems you've had. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of that, do you feel that you're a stronger person and player now, having dealt with those challenges that you had to face? 
Yeah, one hundred percent. That was that was the worst period of my life. Not just my career, just in my life. Dealing with that situation, not knowing if I was going to play again, to be honest. Um, so a lot of thoughts going through my head. It was it was a very difficult time for me. Um, and obviously, because before the season, before the injury, sorry, I, I was flying. I was in a good place, and you know, the, the sky was the limit for me. Um, so it it took me a little while. I said last season, it took me a little while to sort of get myself back into the swing of things and. I feel like now my, my game is back where it should be. You know, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. I feel fit, I feel strong, my knee's healthy, and I don't see there being any issue going forward. I say having a full pre-season was key for me. You know, I've, not had, I've trained every day, so I'm, I'm just delighted to be playing football again. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's massive for me. I, I love the game, and, you know, it, it was a very, very tough period for me to deal with, but I'm just glad it's over now. Yeah, and I think all the QBR fans are delighted to see you back out there as well. And just finally, before we let you get back to session two, <laughs> um, what, what can this QPR group achieve? Everyone's enjoying what they're seeing, and most interestingly, is like you reference it as well, after defeats, put, people walk away and they still say, all right, we lost, but how enjoyable was that to watch? There is an excitement about this group of players. I think the fans are seeing that, you know, even in, in the games we've lost, they've clapped us off the pitch because they can see what we're trying to achieve on the pitch, the way we're playing. And I, I think we've lost that for the last few years. You know, the, the fans want to see exciting football. You know, they, they, they want to see goals and, of course, they want to see us win. But if they can understand what we're trying to do on the pitch, and I think they have, you know, it's only going to be beneficial in the long term. But um, for what we can achieve, you know, we're taking one game at a time. I think a lot of teams in this league will underestimate us, which is obviously in our favour. But I think I think we can go as high as we want to go, to be honest. We've got so many exciting youngsters in this team. I, f I just feel like if we continue to work hard and keep doing the right things, then literally we, we can go as high as we want to go. I honestly do believe that this season. I'm not saying that I have full belief in this squad. And um, it's just confidence, you know, the, the more wins we pick up, the more results we get, it just breeds confidence and then we, we just go on. But at the moment, it, we just take one game at a time. That's all we can do. There's, there's 40 games left in the season and we know that you can have highs, you're going to have lows. The championship is it's relentless, you know, it's, it's one of the toughest leagues in the world. So, um, yeah, as I say, one game at a time and we'll see where that takes us. Top man, thanks, Ollie. Appreciate you joining us. But well, it's great to catch up with Grant Hall and it's no surprise that he's obviously enjoying being able to, to play week in, week out in the league after such a difficult couple of years. Obviously, he came back um, last season and, and played 17 games last year, but touch wood, his, his injury problems and tendonitis issues are behind him fully now and he can get back to, to being the player that he's already showed QPR fans he can be. I'm delighted for Grant. Um... As I'm sure everyone is, but you know, you, I think it was well documented. And we spoke to him last year about the difficult times he had when he's when he's when he's out through injury. You know, he's a he's a young man. He probably saw his career not slipping away a little bit, but you know, with the injuries, it's so frustrating. But you know, he's he's fought through that. He's back. Um, he's in the side. He's playing well. He's captain of the team, and uh, deserves deserves a lot of credit. But uh, Delight to see Grant back. You know, we, we talk about signing 14 players. It's almost like having a new player. He, he was almost another signing, if you like, mm. from within the building, you know. And we saw what Grant could do, what was it, two, three seasons ago? He's QPR's player of the year. You know, that's, that's how good he is. And uh, 
Mark's obviously seen something in him to, to give him the armband, you know, the leadership qualities. He's obviously matured through age, coming through that bit of adversity in his career, which we all have to do to... Hopefully it makes you stronger. I think it's done that with Grant. He'll appreciate what he's got. And as I say, if we get the benefits on the pitch of a top quality performer at our level, great. Well, it's an international break this weekend, but for a number of the QPR players, it's no break because they are internationals. And uh, I think the one that really catches the eye is Abire Eze being called up to the England under-21s for their uh, Euro 20, under-21 championship qualifiers. Um, it's the first time he's been called up at under-21 level. Of course, he's represented England at under-20 level, but that's fantastic for Abire Eze. It must give him such a, a boost. In, I don't think he needs a, a boost in confidence. I don't think anything could ever happen to this to a Eze that would make him be any different. He seems to have just one very relaxed gear when, he, when he's off the pitch. He, he's a very uh, cool customer, but he, he must be delighted and it is fantastic news for him and for QPR. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be cock-a-hoop, you know, and quite rightly so. He's, he's earned that, he's deserved that, you know, through his performances, uh, certainly the, the start of this season. Nobody's deserved that and earned that because of the way he works during the week, you know, um, where no one sees on the training ground. Um, I'm occasionally at the training ground a, a couple of days a week, you know, and he's long after training's finished, he's practicing one or two things, you know, and he's got that real will and desire to improve. And if you've got that, you will. So uh, delighted for him, you know, it's, a, it's another big step up. He'll take that any stride. and. Uh, you know, but it's also credit to his teammates he's playing with and credit to the coach and staff who've given them that confidence. Without your teammates, without the foundation that go and play, we don't get these call-ups. So I know it's for a Berriese, but that's a reward for everyone. Yeah, he takes on a Turkey away on Friday with the under-21s. And then QPR fans, your Monday night football this week is England against Kosovo. That's taking place at the KCOM Stadium in Hull. 7.45 kickoff for that one. So very best of luck to Ibiri. Also getting call-ups, Naki Wells with Bermuda. Um, Matt Smith, who of course on loan to us from Man City, he's in the Wales God for their Euro 2020 qualifying clash with Azerbaijan. Uh, Yam Lakar, who's also on loan from Brighton. He's been called up to Slovenia's under-21s for their friendly with France. Uh, Connor Masterson's been called up to the Republic of Ireland under-21. They've got two Euro... Uh, European Championship qualifiers as well against Armenia and Sweden. Ilyas Cher, who's done very well for the Rangers so far this season, he's been called up by Morocco under-23s and also scholar Armelindo Mema is in Albania's under-19s. And not forgetting young Paul Smith, currently on season-long loan at Wickham. He's been called up to the senior Northern Ireland squad for their friendly with Luxembourg and their Euro 2020 qualifier with Germany. So congratulations to Paul. But fantastic news for, for all those Ars players who are involved in international duty this coming weekend. We wish them all the very best of luck. And after that international break, Touchwood, all those players will return without injury and having had successful times with their respective countries. And after the uh, craziness of eight games in August, there's only three fixtures in September, <laughs> the nature of uh, the English Championship. Uh, we've got Luton at home and then Millwall at the Den and then West Brom back at Kind Prince Foundation Stadium. So let's have a look at Luton, obviously newly promoted to the Championship. And there's 
rivalry dating back between QPR and Luton, so it promises to be a, an excellent atmosphere for that one uh, in W12. And they've made a, a solid start to life in the Championship. Nine points they've picked up from their opening six fixtures. Yeah, they've done well. You know, newly promoted, probably still on that crest of a wave, if you like. Um, I think they'll make it tough for any team that they play against. And they've got a couple of people within their side that uh, are capable of winning any game. And you look at the start that they have made, like we say, nine points. And from their, their first four games, it was a real tough start for them. Middlesbrough, Cardiff, West Brom and Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and they, they drew the first one against Middlesbrough. It was a cracking game, 3-3. Um, but then lost the next three. Now, it would have been easy for them to then suddenly start to really doubt themselves and have a, a drop in confidence. But then they've picked up crucial back-to-back -back wins over Barnsley and Huddersfield. That makes a, a big difference. I mean, the league table doesn't really mean a great deal at this stage, but it will make a great difference to them to, to see where, where they are by picking up those, those two wins as well. So that will give them confidence going into this break. Yeah, not being disrespectful to Luton, but I think you know, they're not going to be judged on what they get against the West Broms of this world, maybe the Carlos of this world, but they'll give everyone a good game as they did. But uh, you know, to beat Barnsley and Huddersfield, that's where they'll look up, uh, looking to, to pick up their points. They'll come to, they'll come to us, you know, confident. They'll come to us expecting to get something from the game. That'll be a terrific atmosphere. So we're going to have to be on our metal, on our guard, uh, and at full throttle to well, certainly to take the three points. But it'll be. Uh, be a game to look forward to after the break. Only four teams in the championship have scored more goals than Luton. Uh, they've scored 10 goals from those six games and, and James Collins is clearly a major reason for that. He's got, he's, he's got uh, three of them, three and six for him so far. And he, it's an interesting one with him because he, he floated around the, the, the lower divisions and now at the age of 28, he suddenly seems to be coming into the, the form of his career. He scored... 20 in League Two a couple of years ago. Last year, he got 25 to help Luton win promotion. And this year, he's hit the ground running with three and six. So at the age of 28, he's coming into, like I say, the form of his career. So it'd be interesting to see how he progresses. As I said to you, you know, they've got a couple of players in this side who are capable of, you know, a bit of magic on any given day of, of turning the game. He's one of that. It's an incredible record you've just gone through there. You know, he, obviously he's found his home, if you like, at Luton. Uh, certain clubs suit certain players and exceptional goal scorer in their record, you know, so he'll need looking after. Plays in a little position, just in behind strikers, you know, um, sometimes difficult to pick up, so we'll need to watch him. Obviously got Kazenga, Luar Luar, playing up front as well. We know all about him, you know, uh, see what he can offer, but I would flip that against Luton, you know, I would think, and so would Mark. You know, it's about us. Can we take confidence, and we should, from the last two league games that we've played? You know, back to back wins against Luton and Sheffield Wednesday in the league. Um, it's all about us, I feel. You know, if we're on our game, if we hit the standards that we've hit, certainly in those two games in the second half in particular, I see us winning, but it's not going to be easy. Absolutely not. Well, it has been a, an excellent start to the season so far. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it and plenty more to come, of course. We'll be back on the Loftcast following that fixture against Luton to reflect on the game against the Hatters and prepare for the trip to South London and Millwall. Thanks for joining us.